find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. We are the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes like serial killers and the random one-off murder. We will tell you about bizarre occurrences like alien abductions and monsters in the dark. And we just might get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. At the very end of every show, we like to lighten things up and cleanse the palate from the tragic and terrifying stories. So we end our time with a chaser. You might get to hear crazy stories about our pets or just silly movie recommendations. Give us a listen. We are the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm Catherine. And I'm Haley. And we are Saturdays for the Ghouls. A Podmoth podcast. How are you, Haley? I'm great, Catherine. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. What are we talking about today, Haley? Fuck bitches and getting money, right? Oh. Getting money and fucking bitches. I knew my dyslexia would catch up to me. It might have been my dyslexia. I don't know. No, but it's crime movie week here in this spooky holiday month. We watched Phone Booth from 2002. And do you have anything to talk about before we get into the movie? Any spooky season plans or anything that you're excited for? I'm excited to have my weekend because I'm fucking tired. Don't get a cat. I'm just kidding. Get a cat. They're so cute. But I call him my Sour Patch Kid because he is a nuisance. But he can be so cute. Spooky plans. The only thing... We have a few Halloween parties that we got invited to, which is cool. So I have two costumes planned out. Originally, me and my boyfriend were going to do Chucky and Tiffany because that's easy for me, baby. I got all the clothes. But then someone brought up the idea of it being like me being Chucky and my boyfriend being Tiffany. So now we're doing that. Okay. So we already got him. We got him a little white button up. He's got black jeans and he's got a, we just got him a leather jacket yesterday. Uh, Wear a wig? See, this is the thing. I wasn't sure if we should get him a wig. Like, I mean. He has to do something with his hair. Has he ever straightened it? Because I'm like, I feel like we could straighten it. But then the only way to get like Tiffany hair is if we like bleached his hair. And I don't want to do that. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be blonde. His hair is like lighter than like black it's not dark so as long as it's long you can get a tiffany style kind of hair or i don't know put it up in like an updo or something yeah so there's that we have another halloween party that we got invited to and i was like we should do another costume just a basic one so i'm going as a vampire cute cute and my boyfriend was gonna go as art the clown but then the costumes look expensive he was looking up like last minute Halloween costumes. And since our roommate works at in a paint area at her job, my boyfriend's going to do 50 shades of gray. Interesting. I wonder if he's going to be able to find 50. We'll see. 
And then he was like, oh, we can get some fuzzy handcuffs too. And then the one thing I'm excited for is on the 21st, we're all going to Mayor's Farms and I'm so excited. Well, cool. It would be a lot better if somebody was up here, but that's fine. I'm sorry. So I'll probably just watch scary movies by myself. Okay. (laughs) Haley, would you like to give me a Haley synopsis first or would you like the IMDb version first? I was born for this. I'll go. Give it to me. Stu is a douche. Goes into phone booth to potentially cheat on wife. Man in building calls and he picks up phone in phone booth and threatens this douche whole stew on confessing his sins or whatever, who he really is, or he will kill everyone he loves. Seems fair. There's some hookers and they, for some reason, need the phone booth for their business. Anyway, so we got Stu, phone call, horny, ominous phone call, pizza guy, poor pizza guy, sniper, hookers, death, police, wife, almost death. Kiefer Sutherland. Sounds good. It's very chaotic, I know. But you get the point. I just said the whole movie for you. Yeah, essentially the whole movie. It was only 80 minutes. That's it. The IMDb synopsis is as follows. Publicist Stuart Shepard finds himself trapped in a phone booth pinned down by an extortionist sniper rifle. Unable to leave or receive help outside, Stuart's negotiation with the caller leads to a jaw-dropping climax. Okay, okay. Before we spoil it, I did think that the climax at the end left something to be desired. I was thinking we were building up to something much, much more than what happened. Yeah. I thought he was going to kill him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I thought there was another reason besides being a almost cheater that he's stuck on the planner. I was like, that's it? Because the caller has done this to a a couple of the people as well and they are like charged with like stealing money from their company and like Mm -hmm. really bad things and he like calls this girl and meets up with this girl but doesn't ever have sex with her emotionally cheats but never physically cheats on his wife and somehow that deems him to be like in this predicament with this caller so I thought that was a little bit like weird he's also a douchebag like he is really truly a douchebag and there's that too but i don't know it was very strange but we'll go over the cast a little bit i only put down five of the characters even though there's probably like a total of maybe 12 characters so there's colin farrell who plays stewart or stew Kiefer sutherland plays the caller forrest whitaker plays captain ed ramey Katie Holmes plays Pam McFadden, and Mitchell plays Kelly Shepard, who's Stu's wife. Then there are, like, three hookers, the bouncer or whatever, and there's also a pizza guy, and then his intern. But those people, I didn't really put their names down, because they were not in the movie for very long. The movie was directed by Joel Schumacher, and the movie was written by Larry Cohen, the movie came from Larry Cohen and he proposed this back in 1960 to Alfred Hitchcock. So Larry Cohen's old. 
Bro. And he was like, I want to do a story that took place in real time in the confines of a telephone booth. And Alfred Hitchcock supposedly loved it, but they weren't able to move forward with it because they weren't able to devise a plot which made the character have to be restricted to one location. Um, so then Hitchcock, every time he saw Larry, he'd be like, hey, did you figure it out? Hey, did you figure it out? But it wasn't until 1990 when he came up with the idea of the sniper, which is what kept him in the location. And so it took him like 30 years to Bro. figure it out. And unfortunately, by 1990, Alfred Hitchcock had died. Hitchcock couldn't help him with the movie at that point. But the base plot of the movie is that, and I'm not trying to say Haley didn't give you all the picture, which she basically did. I'm just going to reiterate a little more with more words that <laughs> Stu is a publicist. He works for actors and places of business to try to boost their media. Anyway, he's just a douchebag. And as he said in the movie, he says, I don't do anything that doesn't benefit me. And so every day he goes to this phone booth and he calls her every day from the phone booth so that her his wife doesn't see the phone call on his cell phone, blah, 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 blah. And so one day he goes to get the phone call and then he gets a pizza guy comes up to the door and delivers a pizza. He's I didn't order a pizza. Get the fuck out of here. And so then the sniper calls and he's, hey, I know that you're a fucking asshole. Don't move the booth or I'll snipe you. And basically, that's the whole reason why he's stuck in this booth is that the snipers, hey, I'm gonna snipe you from this window. I see you. I see what you're doing. He starts like flipping him off. He's I see you're flipping me off. That's pretty much the whole premise. And then at the end. Stuff happens, and we'll talk about that later. But I do want to talk about who they wanted to play Stu, or who was in the works of potentially playing Stu in this movie. Tom Cruise. Sorry. You're right. Tom Cruise was on the top of the list here. <laughs> there was a lot of A-list actors who loved the idea of this movie. They were, like, eating this shit up, and they were like, I love it, I love it, I want to be part of it. So Tom Cruise was one of them. Will Smith was another. Mel Gibson, Robin Williams, Anthony Hopkins, Mark Wahlberg, and Nicolas Cage. Could you imagine the guy in the phone booth being Nicolas Cage? Bro. It would be a whole different movie. Like it'd be a it'd be Academy Award winning. I love Nicolas Cage movies are so funny. They're funny, but like they're oddly good. Anyway. Nicholas Cage. And then there was actually someone before Colin Farrell who was actually casted. So much so that he had the suit fitted to him. He was ready to go and he called and backed out. Do you have any guesses who that is? I don't think you'll guess. Is it someone I know though? Is it like a common actor? Absolutely. Can I have a hint? He's generally a funny guy. Jim Carrey. Yes! Oh! Let's go. I honestly think that Jim would Jim Carrey would have done extremely well in this role if he hadn't backed out. Oh yeah, uh, he can do serious pretty well. Have you seen the number twenty three? Exactly. Yeah. So I think he really could have done it, but he called and he supposedly had cold feet and backed out of the movie, even after they had already fitted him for the suit and everything. Damn. So then we got Colin Farrell. Sorry. I don't think that Colin Farrell was the best choice. <laughs> I barely recognized him. I remember him from Daredevil. But anyway, the whole movie it takes place in the phone booth on the phone. 
So you never see the caller. We don't know who he is. And remember how I was like, I wonder if the guy's really on the phone. Colin is really listening to <laughs> who plays the caller say all these lines. So I went and I searched and I looked it up and I found the answer for us. So the role of the caller was actually originally casted and filmed as Ron Ellard. He plays Dodge on Ghost Ship. The director, after they filmed the whole movie and everything, Ron Ellard was on the phone with Colin Farrell during the whole movie. But the director, when listening back to it, thought that his voice was not menacing enough. And he called Keeper Sutherland up and said, hey, can you redo all of these lines in the movie after filming? And so Kiefer Sutherland was like, sign me up. Bro, that's crazy. I wonder, I hope that guy got paid. I wonder if he got paid for something, any of his time. But there were other, other directors on deck. The other directors that were um, considered was Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson actually did put some insight into the movie, even though it, Mel Gibson would have just ruined it for me. Other people who were also potentially going to be directing it was Steven Spielberg. The Hughes brothers and Michael Bay. Now, the reason that Michael Bay did not get the role is the first thing he said when he got into the room was like, okay, how do we get this thing out of the damn phone book? Is what he said. And so they're just like, I think you get the vision of what we're trying to do here. So that's why he didn't get to become the director. He did not understand. He wanted to do some sort of, I don't know, explosions or something, probably. So then we landed on Joel Schumacher. For the filming of this movie, it only took 10 days to film the whole movie. And then two extra days for like B-roll of New York and the phone booth and all the extra scenes. Yeah. But 10 days was crazy. <laughs> That's really short, but I'm also not surprised because it's literally a phone booth. I know. Yeah. For the most part. These are this is definitely the type of movie that I like I like love because I love a movie that takes place all in like one time frame in, in one place. I think that's if it's done well, it's done interesting usually. Originally this movie was released at the Toronto Film Festival on September tenth, two thousand two. It was later released to like the US on April fifth, two thousand three. But originally it was supposed to be released in theaters on the november 5th of 2002 just right after the festival but it was put on pause because there was actually a beltway sniper attack in dc where there was here's a little true crime for us in the middle of our episode there was a quote series of coordinated shootings that occurred over three weeks in october of 2002 so over 10 months 17 people were killed by snipers and 10 people were injured in Washington, D.C. and like the surrounding areas. So they paused until April of 2003. I have fun facts now that we need to add, add before we go into fun facts. It was a very 2000s movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I said that to Haley while we were watching it. I was like, you know how I tell you movies are very 2000s or something? I felt like this was very 2000s. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. This movie's very forgetful, honestly. I feel like it was forgetful. And I don't mean it in a mean way, but I don't know. There wasn't really much like to, to it. Yeah. I would have really liked to see the Jim Carrey version. That would have been interesting to see. Anyway, we'll roll into some fun facts here. 
a lot of them surround one of our favorite characters, the caller, Kiefer Sutherland. We'll roll into some basic fun facts first, just to start it all off. This was a quote from one of the articles I read. The extras had never read the script. They weren't even allowed to see it. All of their actions were like genuine and off cuff. They didn't know what was going to happen either. You know what I mean? So that's pretty cool. And then another quote was that all the scenes were shot in the exact order that they happened in the movie. So a lot of movies will like hop around from scene to scene, whatever makes sense. But these, because it was all in one place, it was really easy to shoot it as it went through. So they just shot it from beginning to end. When Larry Cohen finished this script, he moved on to another script for a movie called that you might really recognize for a movie called Cellular. So he wrote Cellular with, quote, the intention that it would be like the direct opposite of phone booth. And so all of Larry Cohen's friends are like, bro, you just made the exact same movie, like in a different font. Do you want to know who else was considered for the role of the caller? Yes. I was thinking about this the entire movie. Um, and the, the voice of Ghostface, Roger L. Jackson, was originally the person that they wanted to be the caller. Bro. And I was like, I was thinking about Ghostface and Roger L. Jackson the entire time. I was like, that would have been cool. Bro. Because Roger L. Jackson would have made a menacing voice for this oh, yeah. character. For sure. <laughs> if he can do Ghostface without a voice changer, he can do anything. You know what I mean? He's a man of many talents. But anyway, this movie is the third movie that Joel Schumacher has made that stars Kiefer Sutherland. Would you like to know the other two movies? Yeah. So the first one is Lost Boys. And the next one is Time to Kill. All three of those movies, Joel Schumacher made Kiefer Sutherland the villain in all three of those movies. And in Time to Kill, he was also a sniper. So Joel and Kiefer Sutherland have a little bond. And then lastly, the movie is very reminiscent of season one of 24, which stars Kiefer Sutherland, where he's stuck on a cell phone trying to save his daughter within 24 hours. And you can't tell me 24 is not a good show. I love 24. There was an alternate ending. Is it an alternate ending or was it the original ending and they changed it? It said original ending, but I called it an alternate ending in my notes. Okay. So at the end, he like confesses his sins and all of this stuff. And then he comes out with the gun and he's shot by a rubber rubber bullet and he falls down. And then they go into the apartment that the sniper is in. And they find some guy dead who is the guy who delivered the pizza. But obviously that wasn't really the caller. And so the caller escaped and then saw him in the in the ambulance at the end, right? In the alternate ending, he comes out and he does the whole thing. The rubber bullet shoots him. And at the same time, the SWAT team is going into the apartment and killing the killer, which is actually would actually have been Kiefer Sutherland. And he says, but you'll never forget me. I gave you the most thrilling day of your life. Say thanks. And then one of the last fun facts here is that the confession scene where Colin Farrell 
confesses that he has been talking to this woman and he doesn't do anything for anyone but himself and he's never going to pay an intern. His whole confession, all of that whole thing, was shot in only one take, one time, and it got applause from the whole crew at the end. And even his tears that he was crying during the that part of the thing was real because Colin Farrell, he suffers from insomnia. And supposedly he had been up all night about worried about this scene and like all this stuff. He stayed up all night. And so those were actual tears of being so fucking tired. And so they were real tears. One take. And supposedly it was like, oh my gosh, that was the- where's this man's Oscar? Remember, the movie was forgettable. <laughs> That's why we didn't get an Oscar, probably. And True. then one of the last things, I didn't write it down, but I did read it. And I was like, oh. the phone booth is supposed to be reminiscent of a confession booth that you go to with a priest. And then he's on the phone and he has to confess his sins. And then once he confesses, he's absolved. And I was thinking, I was like, is that like someone thought of that like afterwards, like some random person thought of that? Or is that really from Larry, who wrote the story? That could just be someone talking out their ass, though. It's it's like a, it sounds like a conspiracy. Yeah, but I get it. It, it does make sense. The caller does attack people who are bad people. I think it's time, Haley, that we talk about some money. Some cash money. Let's girl math this bitch. Would you like to know how much their budget was? Yes. Okay, so it cost $13 million dollars. To make this film. What they spend it on? Probably blocking off the entire block of New York. True. I don't know. I don't know if it's truly filmed in like a New York phone booth. Or if it was like on a set though. So if it wasn't then I don't know what they filmed. They set it on. Probably Kiefer Sutherland. Because you want to know what? He was only on screen for three minutes. And he's the second person on the credits. Which means he's paid just under what Colin Farrell got paid. So (laughs) probably just. How much it costs to get those people on the on the job that's crazy did it make its money back uh-huh 50 more 120 i'll give you one more check 100 97.8 was how much it made in the box office in the united states which is good great you made your money back and did you want to go into ratings with me what did you think about the movie Haley? what are you going to rate it you want to hear the ratings Wait, I'm asking you too many questions. Haley, <laughs> what'd you think of the movie? The movie w- was okay. Forgettable, as we talked about. I know you you say that you like movies that are in one spot. I feel like those are like some of my least favorite because I feel like it's missing something. I think that maybe one spot, meaning just that little phone booth, like that 12 by 12 phone booth, might have been a little bit too much in just one spot. But like, you know how like s- s- the first screen is all in Woodsboro? So I think it has to be done right, and I don't think that this was done as well as it could have been done. So, Would you um, like to hear the ratings before you give yours, or did you want to give your ratings before you hear the ratings? I'll do my ratings and then see okay. if we if I disappoint the Tomato Boys or not. Okay. Out of 10, I will give it like a 4. Okay. Okay. I think that I would agree. I'd probably give it like a 5. Maybe like a, yeah, middle of the road. The Tomato Boys gave it a 72%, which is a 7.2 out of 10. But you know what, Tomato Boys? We all make mistakes. 
That's totally okay if you thought that was a seven. It wasn't though. It couldn't be. It maybe it was a seven back in two thousand three though. You know what I mean? The rating on IMDb was a seven point one out of ten, which was just point one under the Tomato Boys. Okay. Sorry, Imdib. And then Google gave it a four point two out of five, which would have been an eight point four out of ten. So everyone really loves this movie. So don't listen to us. If you really love this movie, love this movie. <laughs> do what you want to do. <laughs> but we don't really care for it. This is, I feel like, one of the like larger gaps. Maybe The Exorcist? I don't know. I'm thinking this is like one of the larger gaps between Tomato Boys and us that we've had. Oh, yeah. Maybe The Exorcist beats that one. But uh, yeah, that's all I have. Did you have anything to add before we let them go? So if you guys haven't seen this movie, if you want to check it out, it is on um, Hulu right now. Give it a little watch if you just want to waste some time. It's really short. I feel like it's versatile. Like you could have a lot of different like generations watch it. So like you and your family are all around and they all want to watch some kind of thriller and it's not you don't want too long. Like that could be the vibe. But if it's just you, I maybe would watch something different. If you wanted to watch it, go for it. But Yeah, but that's all I really got to say about the movie. To you, those spooky babes, hope that you're doing good and that you enjoyed hanging out with us today. Hopefully it was enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, a little short one for you guys in case you don't got time to hang out with us for too long. But I hope you have a good day. Back to you, Catherine, with the, the sentimentals. So, again, we hope you enjoyed. Just so you know, the world is a better place with you in it. And just remember, it's okay to feel lost sometimes. We've never dealt with this phase of life before. We're all in the same boat as you are, and you're never alone. Just know that. You got us. That's right. Yes. Yeah. We care about you. We hope you come back next week. And we hope you have a great spooky season. Send us pictures of your costumes. We'd love to see them if you guys do dress up. And yeah, we will see you in your nightmares.